0: Good morning. Give me a moment as I prepare myself. Okay, first of all, that video, um, please don't answer this, but I do not look 100, right? Okay? <laughs> or EFG, apparently. But Good morning, guys. Um, so back in eighth grade, I was as tall as you see me now. I stood a whopping five foot two inches Obviously, I was one of the shortest girls in the class, but if you had asked me who the tallest in second grade was, you guessed it. It was me. Um, Anyways, eighth grade me was involved in track, and shockingly enough, I ran the hurdles. Yes, I know, the shortest one out there doing hurdles. If you know anything about hurdles, I was definitely doing the five-step method instead of three, so my feet looked like they moved really quick. (laughs) Anyways, one of my memorable races was the 100 relay hurdles, and I was the last one to go. Luckily, we already were already ahead, but as I got to the second hurdle, I clipped it with my shins. That hurts. But then the third hurdle, I completely tripped over it and fell to the ground. I could hear the crowd yelling to get up and keep going. I literally got up and had to step over the next hurdle. We still beat everyone after all of that but got disqualified because I touched the hurdle with my hand on the last one. All that sacrifice and no medal. Welcome to motherhood. (laughs) If you don't know me, my name is Julia Belt. I'm on staff here running our creative team and help my husband Noah with Generations Youth. You will usually find me behind the screen and not up here on stage. Shameless plug, if you are interested in posting on social media, taking photos, creating graphics, or writing the weekly emails, come talk to me. I could use the help. Like I said, Noah Belt is my husband, and usually he is the one up here with the mic, because he is the one that is bubbly and joyful, and maybe a little loud. No (laughs) offense, babe. But that is not me. Honestly, my plan to get out of my comfort zone a little bit was to slowly start helping him with announcements. But here I am speaking to you all on Mother's Day. I have the honor of getting to tell you a little bit about my experience as a mom. About three years ago, right when COVID hit, everything was online, and I was taking a walk around the pond by our old house, listening to a Mother's Day sermon by Holly Furtick, a pastor's wife from a large church called Elevation. I remember thinking to myself, man, I wish I had the courage to do this, but public speaking is nowhere near my strong suit. Then I vividly heard God tell me, you will do this one day. So here I am doing this for the second time now and growing from it every step of the way. I couldn't be more thankful that I get the opportunity to share with all of you about who I am. So bear with me if my face is red. No, I am not sunburnt. Yes, I am very nervous. (laughs) Also, I'm going to try not to cry during this, but there are no promises. You might have seen my two little blonde babies running around this place all the time. My oldest, Paisley Grace, is four years old, and she is tender-hearted, smart, an amazing big sister, and is pretty emotional. She has come to blossom so much in these last nine months with being able to go to school at right track and learn new things and make new friends. But with learning all these things, she becomes very curious about so many things. The other week, the kids were playing in their room, and they come out and said, Mom, we made snow. (laughs) Anyone out there deal with diapers and know what I'm about to say? (laughs) I instantly shot up and remembered I forgot to throw away a diaper from Paxton. If you have never opened up a wet diaper, don't do it. So anyways, I am cleaning up this mess, and she keeps asking She keeps asking all of these questions. Mom, why does the diaper have snow in it? Mom, why can't we play with this snow? Mom, if this isn't snow, then what is it? I try to give her the basic answers that I can think of in the heat of the moment. But more and more questions keep coming. By then, I need to pass them off to Noah. (laughs) Then I have my youngest, Paxton James, who just turned three about two weeks ago. He's a true mama boy who loves to climb and run and snack whenever he can. Give him a snack and he might give you a high five. He is becoming the definition of a monkey. A couple months ago, we transitioned Paisley and Paxton to loft beds. So what he, what he does is climb up Paisley's ladder and then swings from the bed and then he falls down onto our big bean bag over and over again. I never realized the song Five Little Monkeys would become a lesson in our house. But for Paxton, it was. He was literally jumping on his own bed this time and then, boom, tumbled over the side, bonked his head. First on the door and then to the ground. Even in his sleep, because he also fell off Paisley's higher bunk bed in the middle of the night. Pray for me. (laughs) Paxton can also be pretty emotional. I'm starting to see a trend here, and I might to be, be to blame. So, Becoming a mother and a wife has always been my ultimate goal. I remember for so long I wanted to run a business like my dad did, which I still do someday. So I went to college to get a business degree. But two years in, I just didn't want to do it anymore. I told my dad when I made that decision that this isn't my passion anymore. My passion is to be a stay-at-home mom and wife. My goal was to take care of my family. I didn't want a certain career anymore the way I wanted to raise a family. Let's just say my dad was supportive, but definitely did not love my decision to be done with college. To say being a mom is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be is an understatement. I feel like I should have gotten a college degree in being a mother, a wife, a friend, a daughter, a sister, and still being me all at the same time. That might have been worth the money, am I right? With uncertain times in 2020, I decided to be a work-from-home mom. For the most part, being able to work from home and be with my kids at the same time was the best thing that ever happened to our family. God blessed us so much throughout this whole time period. We had so much debt at one point, and being able to contribute to erasing our debt was such a relief for me. We also got to have so much family time together and see all the firsts of baby slash toddler stages. But we also had so much time together. (laughs) Some days, my mental health got the best of me. The constant demand from my kids of needing something new every five minutes, to feeling the need to constantly keep my house somewhat clean because I stare at it all day, to making sure I'm doing my job well so that I am a good employee, to still being a good wife to Noah, who also worked from home, thank goodness I would have struggled so much more to do any of that without him being such an amazing dad and husband. But mentally, some days were just so overwhelming that the next time someone screamed a little too loud or touched me again, I might just break down and cry. Some days I felt like, why did I have to do all of this? Why does it take so much out of me? At this stage in life, with two little toddlers, it can be so demanding. They aren't self-sufficient yet. I know someday certain things will get easier, but new things will be added on. I was coming to the realization through this time about how little control I had of my emotions. As some of you might know, my dad passed away two and a half years ago to alcoholism. I want to first emphasize that I still had one of the best dads out there he was there for me with everything I had to do growing up. He rarely missed a thing, but emotionally, there wasn't a whole lot to talk about. Some dads can have, you know how it can be between a dad and his little girl. Some dads can have this tendency to keep their guard up and look strong and tough for their little girls. But anyways, when my dad was drinking, though, I could remember walking around on eggshells around him. He was the type of drunk that would get angry over everything. I realized that my kids and my husband were walking around eggshells with me, never knowing when I would snap or be too overwhelmed to do the simplest of tasks or being touched. It didn't even take alcohol for me to snap like that. As I look back on this year, I have grown through it. I won't lie, it's nowhere near the level I want to be at yet, but I see growth. A big thank you to my husband for being so patient with me and working with me as we walk through through this season of growth. About two months ago, Paisley was having a really hard day. She was constantly in fights with me and her close friends and that is very rare for her. I kept getting so frustrated with her I would start with empathy first, but then every single time, I would lose patience so fast. We were driving home at the end of this very long day, and she told me unprompted, sorry, Mom, for being so cranky with you all day. I told her how it was okay, and that I'm sorry, too, for getting cranky with her. She said, you don't have to be sorry. You weren't cranky, you were just teaching me. Cue the tears. I felt God telling me, I am just teaching you, Julia. Your frustration, overwhelming feelings, and your bursts of anger are moments for you to learn from me. Psalms 139, 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. We can have bad moments, but search for God and he can turn your day around and use it for good. He can make those bad moments into lessons of learning and growing. Do you ever find yourself asking God every couple days to speak to you or give you a word that can help change your life suddenly? I know I do. We're asking God for more and more revelation and for God to speak to us, but we can't remember what God told us during the Sunday service. We're like, oh man, God, that's so good. I need to do that more. And then we go home and on Sunday night, we're wondering what God even said to us. God is telling us that we need to sit and meditate on the word that he told us last week. God's asking you to take time to really understand the small whispers that he's speaking to you. God is not asking us to take on more and more every single day. God's asking you to take the time to really understand the small whispers that he's speaking to you. God is asking us to take on what he's already giving us. God gives us exactly what we need, exactly what we're able to digest and help us through the day, the week, the month. God is telling you that if He doesn't give you anything else for an entire year, that what He gave you last week or last month will be enough. The words God gives are seeds to be planted and reproduced. So if all God gave me this year is that He is teaching me through my frustration, then I should be meditating on it every day. In moments of anger, go back to God's word. I don't need to ask for more when God has already given me enough. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. One of the things that I have always seemed to struggle with is feeling like I am enough. If I am not enough as a mom, enough as a wife, enough as a friend, I felt sometimes like I was never enough as a child. For most of my childhood, like I said, my dad was drinking at some point in the day. But he was always there. He showed up to everything that I had going on. I was still lucky enough to, be able to always be able to count on him to be there for me, In many ways, he was my role model, and he was my hero. But I never felt like I was enough for him to stop drinking. I thought if I got the good grades, I expelled in all the sports. I was good at home. Maybe, just maybe, I would be good enough. But he still needed the alcohol. I've witnessed so many people in these last two years being able to be in recovery. So I wonder if they can do it, why couldn't my dad? Why wasn't I enough for him? I'm constantly fighting this battle like I'm not good enough to be their mom either. First and foremost, I want to brag (laughs) that my kids have an amazing father. The way that he loves them brings me so much joy but it also makes me question myself. Why don't I enjoy sitting around and playing with them for hours? Why don't I have enough patience with them to be able to discipline them correctly? Why do I get so frustrated or so tired so quickly? Why can't I be as good as other moms I see around me? Guys, I'm just going to be honest with you that I'm struggling as a mom in my identity of what kind of mom I want to be what kind of mom God created me to be. I feel like a lot of us can feel that way, even if you're not a mom. I don't know how to fix it. I want to be vulnerable, and I want to be honest with you that I know deep down that God is the one that can fix it. I talk to God, and I ask him, and he will guide my way, but my fleshly desires are scared. Scared I'm doing it wrong for my kids. Scared I'm doing it wrong for my husband. Scared of doing it wrong by what God wants me to do. I get scared of letting people down. I'm not telling you all this for sympathy. I'm just telling you this to let you know that I understand the pressure that you might have. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. Each time he said, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults and hardships, persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. His grace is all we need. When we feel weak, God makes us strong. What moments... In your life, did you feel like God wasn't there for you or he wasn't in the room with you? Have you ever felt God not be near in the midst of your weaknesses? In those moments of being a mother where there's another tantrum, having postpartum depression, or it's empty nesting and your children aren't there anymore with you, did you feel God? I want you to ask God where he was in those moments I promise you, 10 times out of 10, God is going to come back to you and say that he was right there with you. He hasn't left you. He was in that room with you. He was in that moment with you. And God is taking care of you every step of the way. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Can we all take the time to sit in God's presence in those difficult moments? I'm not just telling you what to do, but I'm also telling myself. I know so many times we're in the midst of struggle, or even after it, where I didn't go to God and just pray with him. Being able to sit in his presence sounds so difficult for me. Anyone else out there? How many times have you tried to pray and something random would never usually think about comes to your mind and you are instantly distracted? It happens to me all the time. I mean, as I was writing this message... I had to go to Starbucks every time, so I wouldn't be so distracted by everything. Also need an excuse to get some Starbucks. Donations to my coffee fund would be much appreciated. <laughs> Anyways, it says in Mark 14, 37 through 40. Then he returned and found the disciples asleep. He said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them again and prayed the same prayer as before. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping. For they couldn't keep their eyes open, and they didn't know what to say. Jesus is asking us to take the time to pray with him. And yet in these verses, one of Jesus' disciples, his closest people, who you think had it all figured out by now, couldn't even stay awake to pray with Jesus in this time of need. Peter is the one that is struggling to stay awake, and yet verses before this one, Jesus literally told Peter how he will deny Jesus, and yet he can't even stay awake to just pray with him. God is asking us to spend more time with him, to put things away that are distracting us from who God is, and yet we are struggling to stay awake. I'm not saying that you do this, but I'm, I'm letting you know that I do this. I am constantly saying to Jesus, I need you, Jesus. I need you to change my life. Take away the things that distract me and affect my ability to be close with you, but yet here I am falling asleep. I can't even sit to pray. I can't even sit to read my Bible. I get so distracted by all the things going on around in this world, and I use excuses as my children are too loud or, "I finally have peace and quiet, so let me just watch TV for a minute, or complete another thing on my to-do list." We hate to admit it, but we're all so much like Peter sometimes saying, "No, I will stay awake. I will fight this temptation and be with you, Jesus." And yet we fall asleep during that one hour. First, Thessalonians 5:16 through 18. Always be joyful. never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. In times where I feel like I'm struggling to connect with God, I remember that I don't always need to have peace around me. I remember seeing this quote float around the internet a couple years ago. That is why God comes to women. Men have to climb the mountain to meet God, but God comes to women wherever they are. God just wants us to talk to him whenever we can. So talk to him while you're folding laundry, doing the dishes, putting away all the toys the kids threw around the house. Keep him in conversation with your kids. Show your kids how you pray to God throughout the day. Don't keep it hidden. And remember to keep your heart open for when God wants to talk back to you. Listen for his still, small voice. In Genesis sixteen thirteen, it says, Thereafter, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord, who had spoken to her. She said, You are the God who sees me. She also said, Have I truly seen the one who sees me? Hagar was a servant to Abram and Sarai who felt unseen. God sees me for who he made me to be. He sees me doing another load of laundry, dreading the moment moment, I finally pull it out of the dryer after three drying cycles. Anyone else out there? (laughs) He sees me pick up another toy that I had just put away. He sees me wipe down the table of the food that I took the time to make, that they only took three bites of. He sees me rushing my kids out the door, trying to get them to not throw a fit. He sees just me. Behind every label I give myself, God sees the true me. He sees me growing and learning every day with what he's called me to do. And I want you to know, ladies, God sees you too. Months ago, we did a challenge at church using soap to read Psalm 119. We chose a scripture, wrote down our observation, applied it to our life, then prayed on that verse. It's an incredible way to read the Bible if you're looking for a way to start. In the first day that we read, a verse stuck out to me, Psalm five. Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees. In all of these mundane tasks that we do as a mom, how are we reflecting ourselves so that our kids see Jesus through us? Even in those darkest moments when you hit another wall, when there is a, ver- a voice in your head telling you, why am I even doing this? It's when your kid has another blowout all the way up their back and you forgot spare clothes. <laughs> or a full-on meltdown in the middle of the store, face to the dirty floor, and you pick them up kicking and screaming. Or the school called again and your kid is still struggling. We need to dwell on this verse. Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees. Now hear me. There are times that I'm still struggling with this. You better believe when they are screaming in Target, I'm whispering in their ear. If you don't calm down, just wait till we get to the car. (laughs) So my challenge for myself and for all of you, motherhood is from Jesus. Therefore, we should be using it to reflect Jesus. Without even saying his name, We want people and our children to see that there is something different about you. A joy that can only come from the Lord and no tangible thing. We have to choose to wake up every day and ask God to keep our eyes and our joy on him. And everything good will flow through you. I just want to thank all of you for being a part of my family and loving on me, my husband, and my kids. I couldn't do this without my church family. Go and love like a mother today. Let's pray. Dear God, I I thank you for today. I thank you for all the moms here. I thank you for all the people here. God, I pray that you, you bless their day and give them peace and joy and comfort on this day and for the rest of the week. Thank you for this opportunity, Jesus. We love you. Amen.